Sure. All right. Um, so let's start with the big story from today. The Big Ten changed their policy from uh, it having to be six games to get in the Big Ten championship game to fives. Uh, so now Ohio State will play Northwestern on December 19th for the Big Ten title. What were your thoughts when you heard this news? Well, it wasn't a surprise to me. I think that the Big Ten, when they initially made that rule, it was hard to know exactly what the season was going to hold. The Big Ten felt really confident in their testing plan uh, for COVID with the daily rapid tests. Uh, and the reality is that the plan didn't work as well as they thought it was going to. Uh, there's been big outbreaks on all kinds of teams in the Big Ten. And uh, the other part of this is that Ohio State was the best team in their division. They beat Indiana head-to-head. And so part, I think a huge part of this is not really about Ohio State because I think Ohio State, as long as they played next week, was going to make the playoff anyway. It didn't matter if they played Northwestern or Iowa particularly. But I think it was about the Big Ten – not wanting to devalue their own championship game. And if you don't put the best team who has not lost a game this season into the championship, then it's not really the championship. And I think there was just an understanding about that. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate for Indiana, but the reality is all of these rules and things that people uh, tried to do to accommodate playing football this year, it's a one-year situation, and the circumstances changed, and I didn't have a big problem with it because it's a pandemic, and they're trying to figure this out as they go, and nobody's got all the answers. So I think they did the right thing. Okay. Uh, so Alabama continues to look better each week. Um, they look like a regular Nick Saban team that just dominates their competition. So they're clearly the number one team in the country. Do you believe that they separated themselves from the rest of the country? I think they have been the best team on a week-in, week-out basis. Do I think they're bulletproof? I don't. Uh, I think they could lose. These are good teams, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State. Uh, But I do think Alabama, as of right now, has played the best week-in and week-out. Early on in the season, there was maybe some concern about their defense. Uh, They gave up a lot of points to Ole Miss. Everybody remembers that. But since then, they've gotten – steadily better as the year's gone on but i also think you know the sec maybe is not quite as as robust of a league you know lsu is not as good of a team as they normally are auburn is just kind of okay so i'm not sure that that they've played great teams Uh, you know the the a&m game they handled really well and a&m is is very good but i do think when when they match up against the clemson and, and ohio state um, maybe even in Notre Dame. I do think it'll be tougher for them, uh, but right now they're, they're certainly my pick to win it. Okay. Uh, so speaking of A&M, they're the only, they still remain at the number five spot. They're the only team outside of the top six that won't play on championship weekend. Do you believe that this team has a legitimate shot at the college football playoff? Kind of what would have to happen for them to get in? They're going to need help. You know, what they're really going to need most of all is for Notre Dame to beat Clemson. Uh, which is certainly possible. You know, if Clemson is a two-loss team, I don't think they're going to get into the playoff. And that would open up an opportunity for another team to get in there, and certainly A&M would have a good chance. But they would also need uh, Alabama to beat Florida in that case because if Florida wins the SEC championship, then they would get in, and I still think Alabama would get in as well. 
in that scenario. So uh, I, I think their whole season or their whole opportunity to make the playoff hinges on Notre Dame beating Clemson. I think A&M is going to be big, big Notre Dame fans uh, next Saturday. Uh, let's look ahead to that uh, ACC championship game. So besides getting Trevor Lawrence back, what will be different for Clemson this time around? Well, that's a great question. And, you know, I thought that in that first game, uh, Notre Dame was really physical with Clemson. And they did a really good job at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Clemson's defense struggled with certain things in that game. And, you know, I think this is a very good Notre Dame team, better than the team that was in the playoff two years ago, uh, the best team they've probably had in, in, in quite a while. And so, you know, if they're able to – impose their will physically like they did in that first meeting, uh, then, then they're going to have a great shot. And so I'm, I'm sure that from the Clemson side, they've been focused on that and what they can do to get, get their running game going. Because they're going to have to be able to run the ball with Travis Etienne against Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, so what do you make of Ohio State jumping ahead of Georgia and Cincinnati to number seven, even though they still have that 17-point loss to Louisiana on their resume? Yeah, Iowa State is um, a team that I think – probably is getting bonus points for the eye test the last couple weeks. Uh, the way they've, they've played, they, they did a really good job to win on the road in Texas, who the committee seems to like a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, they go to West Virginia and they played really, really well and blew out a West Virginia team that you know, I don't think is all that good, but they've, they've been tough against everybody else in the big 12. So, uh, that's certainly one of the more controversial decisions the committee's made uh, to, to value Iowa State in that way. Uh, and I, I don't know that I would have done that personally because they do have two losses. But they're playing well right now, and I, I would say the committee's probably just evaluating kind of the hot hand and a team that's getting better, giving them credit for getting better as the season goes on. Yeah. Uh, so even though they beat Oklahoma early in the season and they'll play – um, they'll play them again. Who do you believe right now is the best team in the Big 12? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people would say Oklahoma, but I don't think that necessarily if they played tomorrow that I would pick Oklahoma to win that game because you know they've had some issues of their own offensively. I think their defense has gotten better as the season's gone along, but they're, they're a little disjointed uh, on offense. And some of it's personnel. You know, they, they lost key parts of their running game. They don't have uh, that dominant wide receiver like they typically have with C.D. Lamb or Hollywood Brown or somebody like that. Uh, and, and Spencer Rattler is really talented, but, but he's got a lot of growing to do. So I think I might give the edge to, to Iowa State uh, right now. They're a very mature team, and, and they're heading into that game really on an upward trajectory. So I think they've got a great shot to, to beat Oklahoma a second time. Okay. Um, do you agree with how the committee has the top 10 right now? Yeah, I mean, look, you can always sort of quibble with something here or there. Um, I, I think that you could certainly make an argument for Coastal Carolina to be uh, in that top 10, you know, 9 or 10, given that they beat a pretty good BYU team last week and they beat Louisiana and uh, they're undefeated. And I think they probably deserve a little more respect than they've gotten. But at the end of the day, everyone's really focused on that top four. And I think that, you know, from from one to six, certainly, 
uh, it all makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, so USC remains the highest ranked Pac-12 team. They move up to number 15. Um, so unless some so if some craziness happens ahead of them and they remain undefeated and um, so like you said, uh, Notre Dame beats Clemson, so then Clemson has two losses and then Alabama takes care of business against Florida. Do we have to at least have a discussion about USC because they would have the same number of games as Ohio State? Okay, so um, USC remains the highest-ranked Pac-12 team. They're at number uh, 15. Um, so if they go undefeated and some craziness happens ahead of them, uh, Notre Dame beats Clemson, um, Alabama takes care of business against Florida, do we have to at least have the discussion about it because they would have the same number of games as Ohio State? Well, I think the discussion might be had, but it would be pretty short. Uh, the Pac-12 generally has been kind of lost in the shuffle. They started later than everybody else. They didn't have that marquee team coming into the season. And the reality for USC is while they are undefeated, the first couple weeks they could have easily been 0-2. And, you know, they needed some last-second heroics in that opener against Arizona State. Uh, they really struggled against Arizona. Like, I, I think they're a, a nice team, but just those first couple weeks – uh, they were so fortunate to win and they didn't really pa exactly pass the eye test there. So, um, you know, as long as they win the, the Pac-12, like they're going to get into a good bowl game and it'll be a good season. But I think to tr really talk about them as a playoff team at this point, you know, even if teams in front of them lose, I, I just don't, I don't really see the resume right now. Okay. Uh, so speaking of the Pac-12 conference, kind of what do they have to do to become relevant again? I've heard uh, Dan Patrick talk about they play uh, like on a Wednesday or something like that, how like the Mag Nation does. And because um, kind of right now it's like it's really like the power four and stuff like that. And then there's the Pac-12 kind of what do they have to do to become relevant again to the national media? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the Pac-12 certainly is, is a conference of, of great institutions but they do face some, some challenges that are difficult to get around. One of them is just the passion for, for college football in that part of the country is just not as big as it is in, in the South and the Southeast and uh, Texas and in the Midwest. And the fan bases are not as intense. Uh, they, they face more difficult budget issues because the PAC 12 doesn't generate as much revenue as those other leagues. Uh, their, their conference network ha has not necessarily uh, worked out as well as, as the Big Ten network or the SEC network. And you also see in the Pac-12, those schools generally try to be uh, broad-based athletic programs. They, they sponsor a lot of sports and they try to be good in swimming and soccer and tennis and all those other things, Where whereas um, a lot of the schools in the SEC and ACC have smaller athletic departments, fewer sports, and they develop just California is a is a producer of talent. Uh, they, they there are a lot of players in California, but you know I think high school football the participation numbers are down uh, on the West Coast, uh, maybe even to a greater degree than than they are in in the other uh, areas of the country. And then the other thing is you know coaching salaries. Um, the cost of living in, in places like Berkeley and Los Angeles uh, and Seattle is, is really high. And so, you know, you've got to pay assistant coaches, you know, if they, if they're looking at, um, you know, $400,000 salary 
to live in Berkeley versus uh, somewhere in the SEC, that dollar goes a lot farther in in the South than it does in, in uh, Northern California, the Bay Area. So those are things that are just difficult to, to get around. Yeah. Um, so it's been reported that Jim Harbaugh has been offered a new contract extension from Michigan, uh, but he's also receiving interest from the NFL. What should Jim Harbaugh do next season? Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the more interesting uh, decisions of the entire offseason of the coaching carousel to, because you don't typically – you never see a coach go into the final year of his contract, uh, and that's what Harbaugh would, would be facing. And, you know, maybe that could happen. Uh, I don't think Michigan wants to fire him, but uh, what do they do? Do they offer him some, some type of smaller extension, a shorter extension? one that could be easier for both sides to get out of, or is he going to, you know, try to get an NFL job? And is there one that'll hire him? I don't ha have an answer to any of this. I mean, this is all just speculation. Nobody really knows what Harbaugh is thinking and, and he's kind of a strange guy to begin with. So we'll see, but that's certainly one of the bigger um, decisions on both sides that, that will determine a lot of what happens in the coaching carousel. Yeah. What do you make of his time at Michigan? So, um, so I know he, so he came in, um, this big time guy having, you know, turned around Sta San Diego and Stanford and taking the 49ers to a Super Bowl, and kind of the expectation was that he was going to lead Michigan to a national championship. But if you look at throughout history that Michigan's kind of been, um, you know, a, a nine, 10 win team and kind of, that's what they've been with Jim Harbaugh. So what do you make of his time in Ann Arbor? Yeah, look, I think, uh, one inch difference against Ohio State a few years back. Uh, they stop Ohio State on on fourth down. They they win that game. They make the college football playoff most likely, and the entire discussion about the Harbaugh era is different uh, than than what we're talking about now. It's by no means been a disaster. Um, they they've won most of the games they're supposed to win. They've gone to a couple New Year's Six bowl games. Uh, the program's not in bad shape. I think most programs in the country would trade places with them, but it's not lived up to expectations. Harbaugh was brought in to, to raise it to a level where they could compete with Ohio State, and that's just not happened. And I think that's that's a big disappointment for, for everybody involved in that. So, you know, I don't think that means necessarily that, that you um, could be in a rush to get rid of him, but the reality of Jim Harbaugh is he kind of wears people out. You know, after, after four or five years um, – I, you know, I think you look at his coaching history, he's kind of worn out as welcome, you know, and uh, we're kind of to that point now. And, and he's, he's a, you know, he's a pain in the neck. There's no question about it. He's a strange dude. And we're this, the fact that they, they've had such a bad season may, may be kind of the, the trigger point for him and for Michigan to decide and, and probably should be that it's time to go their separate ways. Okay, so another coach who hasn't quite lived up to expectations uh, is Tom Herman at Texas. What do you believe that that situation? How will that situation play out? Well, the cost of getting rid of Tom Herman is massive. You know, between him and his assistant coaches and the, those guaranteed contracts, it's well north of twenty million dollars. And then you start to add in who you're going to hire. This is a that that could be a thirty million dollar move. So Texas is in a pretty tough spot. I don't think you spend that kind of money unless you know you have a slam dunk hire in your back pocket. 
I think that the school and the administration there and the athletic director, if, you know, if it were easier to do, I think they'd just as soon make a change, but it's not easy to do and it's not cheap to do. And they've had financial issues at Texas, just like everyone else. They've laid people off. They've had furloughs, salary cuts because of the pandemic. So I, I don't know. Um, you know, the, the Urban Meyer thing is not going to happen. So they, they may well just try to hold out one more year, but it's going to be awkward and uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. So um, do you think they have a, like, do they have a list? Because uh, you talked about Urban Meyer that they're, that's not going to happen. Um, do you believe that they're actively kind of looking behind the scenes of what they could do? Because um, it's kind of, I don't know, like, you want to have, you, you've thought these coaches, Charlie Strong, uh, Tom Herman, kind of bringing them over the top, but they kind of haven't been the same since uh, Mac Brown. Do you think that they're actively looking, though, even though necessarily they won't get rid of Tom Herman? Oh, I think that, that Crystal Conte, the athletic director, has been quietly evaluating the options at Texas uh, for, for a little while. But that goes to back to what I just said earlier. I, I don't think you fire him without knowing exactly what your plan is going to be and, and making sure that you've got somebody who is going to be a real slam dunk hire. And that person may just not be out there. So that, that's kind of the predicament they're in. Texas has got to do some other things as well. You know, their, their facilities are not necessarily as, as, uh, in, as good or as modern or as big uh, as, as maybe some people think. Um, there, there seems to be kind of a culture thing in Texas where, you know, guys get there and kind of think they've made it. And that, that was a problem under Mac as well. At the end, they, they've got to find a way to turn that around and, and get guys – who are, are really hungry to, to get better as players once they get to Texas. So they, they've got a lot to look at there about what's gone wrong and how to fix it. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the Heisman. So right now it's really uh, a two-person race between Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. But I don't want to talk about the Heisman without giving praise to guys like Devontae Smith and Kyle Pitts and Najee Harris, even though it's generally been a quarterback award. Um, who do you have as the front runner right now? Yeah, I don't vote in the Heisman, but this seems to be the most wide open race as you get down to this part of the season, as we've seen in quite some time. Usually when you get down to the last couple weeks, it's it's one or two guys who are kind of out front. And then, you know, there's maybe a few guys who, yeah, they, they're going to make the finals or, or, you know, get invited to New York and, and that's going to be great for them. But they're, they, they have really no shot to win it. I think now – you know, depending on what happens these last couple of weeks, all those guys that you mentioned, uh, they, they could, with one real breakout performance in a game that everybody's watching, like the SEC championship or the ACC championship, you know, does Trevor Lawrence find a way to get back in the, in the mix? You know, if he, if he has a great game in the ACC championship. So I, I don't know how the voters are going to respond, but certainly it seems like there's plenty of opportunity for, for one of those guys to, to, go off in, in a big game and, and get that recency vote, you know, be, that it's the last impression. And certainly, like I said, I, I think any, any one of those guys could potentially win it right now. Okay. Let me get your final four predictions. So when the rankings are finally released on December 20th, how do you think the top four will look? I, I think it's going to look exactly the same way it does now. Um, although, you know, you could maybe – 
flip-flop Clemson and Notre Dame depending on on how they uh, play in the ACC championship. If Clemson wins, they probably get bumped up to number two. But, you know, if if Notre Dame wins, um, you know, Clemson will be out. But, you know, I I think Clemson will go in as, as maybe a slight favorite in that game. And if they win, I think the standings are basically going to be exactly as they are. And, you know, it's kind of the same four teams as, as, we, as uh, we've had kind of cycle through this playoff so many times. Yeah. Well, uh, Dan, I want to thank you for agreeing to speak with me. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, really liked your insight. Would definitely like to have you on again sometime in the future. Sure. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah.